0: Well, good morning, LifePoint. It's great to see everyone today. My name is Corey, and I serve as the teaching pastor here at our our Plain City campus. And I just want to say, if you're New to to LifePoint this morning, so glad that you've chosen to join us today. I just want to ask one special favor from you as we begin. Um, You can grab your phone uh, as we start here, and there's a QR code on the back of the chair in front of you. You could scan that that QR code, and it's going to take you to kind of a a resource page that will be helpful for, for you, It's going to take you to um, a page that's going to give you notes for today's message that you can follow along with and it's also going to take you to a digital guest card. That digital guest card takes less than 60 seconds to, to fill out and at the bottom of that digital guest card are five ministries that we partner with and you could pick one that means the most to you. And um, we'll make a $5 donation in your honor just for being here today. We kind of call that the, the kindness option. You could do something good and kind just for, for being with us today, but we're grateful that you're here. Uh, today we're starting a, a brand new series called Kingdom Values. And um, in this series, what we're going to be looking at is how you and I are invited in to being investors in God's kingdom. How you and I are invited into being partners in Advancing God's kingdom and how you and I are invited in into the expansion of God's kingdom. And we just wrapped up a a series last week called Ordinary People where we were, we were looking at how God wants us to use our, our time and our talents to advance his kingdom. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at and discussing how God wants us to manage and use our resources to advance his kingdom. And, and a large part of the discussion over the next few weeks is going to involve our finances. It's going to involve money. And, and let's just be honest, when a church Or a pastor begins talking about money, everybody gets nervous, right? Including the guy uh, up front, right? So I realized that money is a big deal. In our lives, especially right now in, in the world that we live in, times are, are tight, everything costs more, prices only seem to be going up and our dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. But I don't know about you, regardless of the times, regardless of the circumstances, I just want to let you know one thing that I'm absolutely amazing at. One of, the, one of the things that I'm a professional at, I'm a natural at, is holding on to money. It's gripping tightly to money. I'm spectacular at, at doing that regardless of, of what's going on in, in the world. Um, and that's just um it's just how I am. It, it's 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 something that the Lord needs to, to work on me with, which is why I often need reminded of what David said in 1 Chronicles. And chapter 29 i think it's a great spot for us to start today david said this he said blessed are you o lord the god of israel our father forever and ever he says yours o lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty he says for all that's in the heavens and all that's in on the earth this world that we live in right now David says, it's yours, God. All of it is yours. He says, yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all of it. And in verse 12, he says, both riches, that means our money, our wealth, our our finances. He says, riches and honor come from you. And he says, you, God, rule over all of it. How often I forget in my life that whether I have much or whether I have little, everything in my life, it comes from, it belongs to, it's provided by God, including my finances, that he is ruler over it all. And so our big idea for this series is this, that, that living in God's kingdom means giving towards things that matter. That living in God's kingdom means toward, means that we give towards things that, that matter. And, and how I've been praying for us as we, enter this series today is that God would move us wherever we're at we're all in different spots that God would move us to having a kingdom mindset with our money that God would move us to being more generous with our our money that we would grow as a disciple with our giving that's not talked about a lot is it right that when it comes to our finances that's a piece of discipleship and how the Lord is working in our lives and along the way I've been praying that for some of us We'd, we'd leave the idol of money behind along the way, that, that we would break some chains that money holds on us along the way and begin to see ourselves as investors in advancing God's kingdom. And really, the, the starting point for all of this for us today really begins with what you and I value. It begins with what you and I value, and this this really reminds me of a a story from years ago. I want to share a picture with you, all right? So there's my my mom and my dad, and and there's my two boys, Braden and Noah, from a long time ago, right? This This goes quite a... Quite a ways back, and um, on this particular weekend, we went up to my parents' house. This is where I grew up. I grew up out in the country. My my parents had a home that was tucked back in the woods. And on this weekend, my parents had an adventure plan for our boys. They had a treasure hunt plan for our boys. My parents drew up this map with all these dashed lines on the map and all these clues on, on the map, and it took them around my parents' house and the property and in the woods and out of the woods and into the cornfield and out of the cornfield. And like any good treasure map, right, it had a big red X that marked the spot of, of the treasure, right? So the boys walked all around. Here's what's really cool. Still have it to this day. My parents were so kind they kind of positioned two of these little little treasure chests right on their property, one for Brayden and one for Noah. And so the boys found these and they were filled with all, all sorts of, of goodies, right, that grandparents would spoil their grandkids with. And so that is, that is one of our favorite all-time memories as, as a family, right? We, we cherish that, that, that weekend we, we went up there. Now, this is why it's got me thinking about this story. Just like my parents gave our boys that, that map, right? All of us, all of us walk out the dashed lines on the map of life every single day. And for each of us, for each of us, we have an X that marks the spot in our lives. And the X that marks the spot in our lives is what we value, Whether that's retirement for you, whether that's travel plans for you, whether that's a a forever home for you, or whether it's a certain dollar amount in the bank for you, all of us have something or some things that we say, hey, I'm going for that. I'm going to put my mind and set my mind on that. Or I'm going to plan towards that. I'm going to invest in, in that. And whatever the that is in your life, right? it's your X marks the spot. It's what you value, it's what you invest in, it's what you give yourself towards. And what's amazing is this is exactly what Jesus speaks to in the Gospel of Matthew. And I wanna invite you to turn there with me this morning. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter six and verse 19. Matthew chapter six and verse 19. As you're turning there, Jesus in Matthew chapter six, he's teaching his followers, that's his audience, He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching those who are following him in what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus covers a multitude of of topics. But as we get to verse 19, Jesus begins teaching on what you and I value. He begins teaching on treasure. He begins teaching on wealth management. And he says in verse 19, he says this, I'm going to read it all for us, then we're going to kind of trek back through it together. He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Here's the deal for us right? Each of us, every day, puts our focus in something. Each one of us, every day, invests our lives in something. Each one of us strives for something every single day. We put in in the notes for you today that each one of us sets our our heart, our mind, and our will on something, and that each one of us sets our future on, on something. That our resources Your efforts, your hopes, your dreams, your your desires, the finances we have, the actions, our time, and our thoughts are all given to, they're all set on something. The way that Jesus says it here in in the text is that each one of us has our treasure in something. And not only do we have our treasure in something, he says we have our treasure somewhere. And Jesus repeats this word treasure three different times in these verses. He repeats it in verse 19, verse 20. In verse 21, and the word treasure here simply means wealth. Is it money? Yes. But during this time, to the audience that Jesus was speaking to, it was more than just money. It was their blankets. It was their, their clothes. It was their land. It was the tools that they had. It was their, their, their valuables. It was all of their belongings, And today, this looks a little bit different for you and I. If we talked about wealth, I think our brains go to our bank accounts or the money that we we have first. But still, for some of us, it's our property. It's our our farmland. It's our possessions. It's our real estate. For some of us, it's our material things, our home or our our cars. Or some today are investing in precious metals like gold and silver, but it's our assets and our our valuables. Whatever it might be for, for you today... Just like Jesus says here, it's treasure or it's wealth that you and I accumulate or store up or lay up, as Jesus says, for, for future use. But, but notice what Jesus says regarding this treasure. Verse 19 again, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And he says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. I love this. Jesus actually addresses the where over the what. He addresses the where over the what. He doesn't give us the what. He doesn't give us a list of what we can store up in treasure. He doesn't give us a list of what we cannot store up in treasure. Instead, he emphasizes the where. In verse 19, he says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on the earth. And in verse 20, he says, lay up for your treasures in in heaven. Jesus begins teaching here that that if we're going to give towards what matters, we need to understand our investment and treasure can only reside in one of two places. It's either going to be earthly or it's either going to be heavenly. And Jesus says all of us value and we invest in and we set our sights And set our treasures either on an earthly kingdom or a heavenly kingdom. And regarding the earthly versus the heavenly, Jesus gives us two commands here. He tells us what we should not do and what we should do. In verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth. And the words lay up here means to store away, to put away for future use, to keep or or to hoard. Jesus says we should not lay up for ourselves treasures in this earthly kingdom. The ancient Greek here literally says, Do not treasure for yourself treasures on the earth. Why? Because we all know it, right? This this earthly kingdom, what the world deems val- valuable, Jesus says it's temporary. It's fading away and it won't last. And he gives us three examples of this as to why it's temporary. He says, moth destroys, right? All of us, whether you own clothes or blankets or or your couches, right? Give it enough time, and they're going to fade away. They're going to wear out. He says rust destroys. If you've got a car, you know exactly what Jesus is talking about. I think years ago, I went down to Georgia to buy my truck. It was already 12 years old, and I asked the guy in Georgia, I said, is there any rust on this truck? And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, we live in Georgia. There's no rust on trucks. And so I got the truck. I brought it back. Loved it. Couple winners in, guess what's on my truck? Good Ohio winners, right? Some rust has shown up on, on my truck. So Jesus goes on to say, hey, there's moth that destroys and rust that destroys. And he says, thieves break in and steal. Our money, our possessions, our valuables, they can quickly disappear in our, our lives. Somebody can steal them away or the circumstances of life can take them away very quickly at a moment's notice. Jesus is teaching us that the earthly treasures that we cling to and we strive for and we work for. They all have a shelf life. They're all fading. They're all temporary. That they actually have no eternal value. We know this, right? Storing up treasure on this earth, you know what it's like? It's like jumping on a human-sized hamster wheel where we run and we run and we really don't get anywhere. We we store up stuff on this earth and it's like, hey, that was great for a moment, but now that, that moment's gone. I was content for a bit but now that contentment's gone. I saved and saved and saved for this one thing that meant so much, and then a year later, it's on a shelf collecting dust, or we've given it away, or or it didn't last at, at, at all. It's these moments where we say, hey, I've got some money, and we might not say this to anybody out loud, but it's like, hey, I got some money, but if I just had a little bit more money. It's these moments where we say, you know what? My phone works great, but there's a new version of it out, and I just need that new version. Right? It's I got to this level, but if I only got to that level. I've got this house, but if I could only remodel it or make it look this way or go, go buy that house. I have this car, but if I could only have that car. Right? I, 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 I'm popular with this group of people, but if I could just be popular with, with this group of people. Right, The earthly treasures that we so often strive for and put our energy towards are like this never-ending human-sized hamster wheel that leaves us with a false sense of security. It leaves us with momentary satisfaction that disappears quickly. It leaves us investing in something that simply won't last. And storing up these earthly treasures, storing up things in an earthly kingdom, just brings a life to us of frustration and emptiness in the end. This is why Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on this earth because they simply won't last. In contrast, in verse 20, Jesus says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now Jesus tells us what we we should do. He says, do store up, do put away, do invest in, and do strive for heavenly treasures. Why? Because these heavenly treasures, as he, as he says, well, moths won't destroy them, rust won't destroy them, right? Thieves cannot break in and, and steal. That here's these, these heavenly treasures are this, that when you and I invest in reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you and I invest in being the, the hands and feet of Jesus, when you and I invest in the body of Christ, the church, when you and I invest in worshiping and glorifying the Lord, when we invest in discipling our our kids and discipling students and being disciples who multiply disciples and being churches who multiply churches, right? These are, are the things that go towards this heavenly kingdom that are everlasting, that are incorruptible, that are eternal. That when we invest in that which is heavenly, here's what happens. We get enjoyment now. We get contentment now and that enjoyment and that contentment and that investment it doesn't disappear in a week it doesn't disappear in a month or or a year they last in the here and now the heavenly riches last in the here and now they carry into eternity and they last for all eternity this is why jesus says do lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven because they are eternal so what Jesus has done is he's speaking to his followers here, followers here, and he's speaking to us here. He's like, hey, here's how I want to get your, your mind kind of thinking. I want to get you thinking that there's really only two kingdoms. There's this earthly kingdom, and there's this, there's this heavenly kingdom. And there's treasure to be had in both of these kingdoms, but the payout is drastically different. The earthly payout's temporary, but the heavenly payout, it's eternal Therefore, Jesus says, hey, stay away from investing in the earthly and go all in with investing in the eternal. But it leaves us asking some questions. Why is Jesus teaching this to to us and to his followers? What's the point of all that, that Jesus is talking about here and why should we even care about what Jesus is saying? I believe the answer for us is found in verse 21. Jesus says this, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This gives us a window into Jesus' desire for you and I. This gives us a peek into how much he cares for you and I. This gives us a, a look into what, what Jesus wants for us. Remember, we have this natural tendency to, to hold on to our money, to hold on to our wealth, but verse 21 shows us there that Jesus is he's not after our money, and he's not after our stuff, And he's not after our wealth. He's not after our things. That that what Jesus cares about the most, what Jesus is after in your life and mine, what Jesus is, is, is desiring for you and I is this. He's after your heart. He's after my heart. That's what he really wants. And it's important here to notice how he's orchestrated his words. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He does not say where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. This is so important for us to to take note of because there's a principle and a truth here for us. And it's this, and we put it in the notes today. It's uh, our heart always follows the treasure. The treasure never follows our heart. Our heart always follows the treasure, right? The treasure does not follow our heart. That, That wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart's gonna be. That, that wherever our treasure is, that's what's go, it, the treasure's gonna pull you there. It's going to drag your thoughts. It's going to drag your focus. It's gonna drag your entire being to that, to that treasure, right? Which is why Jesus goes on to say in verse 24, he says, no one. He says, no one can serve two masters for he will either hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. He says, you cannot serve God and money. What Jesus is telling us is this, is that we can only have our treasure and our heart in one place, that we cannot store up treasure on earth and in heaven at the same time. We often tell ourselves, right? Nah, not me, I I can do both. I I, I can do both, I got it. I I can manage both, I can do both. But here's the deal. Jesus in verse 24 says, you and I, we can't straddle the line that we can't play both sides of the fence on this. Jesus says, no one. He says, no one. It doesn't matter how talented you are or how great at multitasking you and I are. It doesn't matter how organized we are or how proficient we are. It doesn't matter even what we tell ourselves. He says, no one can serve two masters. Notice the words he used. He used some pretty contrasting words here. He says, you're either gonna hate one and love the other. He says, you're gonna despise one Or be devoted to the other. Strong words from Jesus. Because what he's trying to get us to see is that when it comes to earthly treasure and heavenly treasure and an earthly kingdom and a heavenly kingdom or money and God, he is saying you and I cannot serve both. You and I cannot love both. We can't hold on to both. We can't manage both. We can't observe or obey both at the same time. We can't attend to both, trust both, serve both, or depend on both. Right, That the earthly and the heavenly are in competition and, and contradiction to one another. And at some point, the two are going to part ways and our heart will follow what we treasure the most. Our heart will follow when those two moments separate from one another. So what, this, what does this mean for us? Does it mean it's wrong to have earthly possessions? Does it mean it's wrong to have wealth or it's wrong for us to have nice things? The short answer for us today is n- no, it doesn't mean that at all. Notice Jesus does not forbid the accumulation of earthly wealth. He just commands us to not let it to be our treasure because it's got no eternal value. Nor does, nowhere in scripture does Jesus magnify poverty or nor, nowhere in scripture does he criticize you and I legitimately gaining wealth in our lives. Right? God has declared all things good, he knows we need certain things to live, and he's given us all things to richly in, enjoy. Right, So no, it, it's not wrong to accumulate wealth. But like it says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, this is kind of our, our approach to earthly wealth. Paul writes and he says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. He says their trust should be in God, who gives richly all that we need for enjoyment. He says, Tell tell those who are rich in this world to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. He says, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future, so that they may experience true life. What Paul was getting at here and when it comes to our earthly wealth and our earthly possessions, it's simply this. is It's, it's not wrong to, to possess things, but it's wrong for those things to possess us. That's not wrong for us to possess things, but it's wrong for those things to possess us. That wealth should never become our treasure. That money should never become our, our master. That money and wealth aren't fundamentally bad. They just make for a really bad God in our our lives. So where does this leave us today? Where does this leave us today? That if we're going to be people who live in God's kingdom and give towards what matters, right? If we're going to be people who have a kingdom mindset with our, our finances and become more generous and, and grow as a disciple with, with our finances and take steps of faith, inviting God into to our money management. If we're going to leave the idol of money behind and begin to advance God's kingdom, right? We see today that it really starts with our heart. And so we need to start with a heart check today, maybe. Maybe we need to start today just by asking some key questions for us. Questions like, what do I truly treasure? What kingdom am I investing in? What has my heart today? Are any of my, my possessions possessing me? Is money my master today? Is wealth my treasure today we just might need to begin by taking a personal inventory of our heart and let me just say i know this from my life it really doesn't matter what you and i say with our mouths on this it matters what we say with our lives right that i can say a lot of things out of my mouth and my life doesn't back it up so as we ask these questions i think we need to look at our lives to get the answers And and here's the deal too, this is, if you're a parent out there today, this is why it's so, so important to to know who and what has our heart, because our kids are watching. We're discipling our kids in this. And in the notes today, we've actually put some discussion questions that you could talk to your kids with on on your way home, just some questions to, to ask, hey, what has their heart? Or you can start talking to them now about, hey, here's how God wants you to use our, our finances. And, and I would just say be careful on your drive home with your parents because if you can't answer these questions about your heart well, I think your kids will answer them for you, right? Kids are brutally honest sometimes. So if you just kind of say, hey, what do you think mom and dad value the most? Be ready because if you can't answer it well, I'm sure they'll have no problem, problem telling you. I'm a little bit scared to ask our boys on, on the way home today. We'll see what, what they say. But maybe some of this today is just starting with asking some questions to see where our our heart really is then from there maybe we need to take some some action steps i would say we need to direct our heart that our heart is the wellspring of life therefore our heart needs some some direction it needs some direction and the way we we do that is by making sure we store up treasure in the place where we want our heart to go It means starting to invest in and talk about and dream about and make plans and give towards God's heavenly kingdom and heavenly treasure. And as Jesus says today, when we begin to do that, right, the payoff will not disappoint. And so maybe today, as you go, maybe today it's just by going to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I need some help in this area in my life. Jesus, help me to to just... Just hold the material things that you've given me with open hands and begin to see how it can be leveraged for your kingdom. Maybe we need to ask Jesus, Jesus, I need you to to shift my heart from earthly treasures to focusing to see how all that I have can begin to serve you. Maybe we need to ask Jesus to to help us to to leverage our wealth, whether we have much or or, or little, right? To, To start investing in the heavenly instead of the earthly. Maybe we need to ask Jesus to, to help us to, to measure our life by the true riches of his kingdom and not the false riches of this world. Maybe we need to invite Jesus in and say, Jesus, help me to follow your words like you said, to seek first your kingdom and then simply trust that you're going to provide everything that I need along the way. And, and one of the things that I'm excited to do, just to be transparent with you, is in a few weeks, I, I'm going to share where we're headed as a church Going to share where we're headed financially as as a church. Going to share how we want to give more generously as a church and what God wants us to invest in as we, as a campus in Plain City, look towards 2023. And as we see God's activity, we're asking for Him to just guide us in that direction. And I can't wait to, to share that with you in just a few weeks and how you play a huge role in that, right? But I hope we begin to see that as individuals or as a church, we must get our heart going in the right direction first. And then lastly today, we just may need to remember. We need to remember what Jesus has done, right? That, That Jesus really isn't after our stuff and he's not after our things. That he's always after our heart. And today we just might need to remember that Jesus proved how much he's after your heart and my heart when he said I love you to to you and and to me when he said you know what I'm going to go to the cross for you. I'm going to go to the cross for Corey. I'm going to go die for your sins and I'm going to go die for for Corey's sins. I'm going to die for the sins of the whole world and in doing that what Jesus did is he left he left and laid aside the comfort and the status and all of the riches of heaven to come to this world and to give his life a ransom for you and for me. The Bible says there's no greater love than that, that Jesus came and willingly gave and sacrificed his life for yours and mine, that he went to those lengths to win your affection and to win your attention and to win your freedom and to win your future, but most of all, to win your heart I believe this is wrapped up beautifully in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, where Paul writes, and he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake and for my sake he became poor, so that you and so that I, by his poverty, might become rich. May the truth of what Jesus has done to win our our hearts begin to direct our lives, begin to direct our hearts. May it be our treasure and may it begin to drive generosity in our lives. That setting these kingdom values in our lives begins by making sure Jesus has our heart. And when he does, our time, our talents, our resources, It moves our X marks the spot from having treasures in this world toward treasures in the heavenly realms, towards treasures that last for all eternity, towards giving towards what truly matters, towards making sure that X that marks the spot in our lives is his kingdom. Would you pray with me this morning? Jesus, Lord, I just just ask right now that by the power of your spirit, you would take the foolishness of the preaching today and use it in amazing ways to reach each person here in their own lives. Lord, that by your spirit, you would speak to each person, that you'd meet them right where they're at, and you'd begin to challenge them, and you'd begin to just move in their lives to where they would examine what truly has their heart, And, Lord, money and the things of this world, it is clamoring after us, and it seems to drive everything in our lives. But, Lord, help us to just get to a point where we give our heart to you, where we see how great it is that you loved us first, and we would respond in loving you back. That, Jesus, you came and you died and you rose again again to not just win our freedom, not just to win victory over sin and death and the enemy, but to win our heart today. And so Lord, I just wanna ask that when it comes to our time, our talents and our resources, we begin to reinvest those into your kingdom. And your love for us would drive all of that. Your victory in our lives would drive all of that. And Lord, today, if Someone's sitting here right now and they're saying, You know what? I, 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 don't, I don't think Jesus has my heart today. I don't think Jesus has my life today. Maybe this world has your heart. Maybe money has your heart. Maybe you yourself, it, it's all about you. But today, today, you're ready to give your life. You're ready to give your heart. You're ready to give all that you have to Jesus today. You're ready to step. Into a a relationship with Jesus today and I just want to give you that opportunity right now and that opportunity you can seize hold of it just by saying Jesus and I trust you today Jesus I I believe that you came and you died and you rose again and you did so to win my heart today and today I want to give you that I want to give you all of me as much as I can. I want to give you all of me today and Jesus, I want all of you back in my life. I'm surrendering my life to you. I want to follow you from this moment forward. I want to be one of those followers that you were were talking to on the Sermon on the Mount. Right now where you're seated, all you got to do is best as you can articulate that to Jesus and he will come into your life for the forgiveness of your sins. He will make you a new creation. The Bible says he will give you a new heart he'll take out that stony heart that you have and replace it with a heart that beats for him that can be molded for him that will follow him you can do that today right where you're right where you're at and Father as we close this morning we thank you for how richly you bless us may we begin to see that all that we have is yours that you've given it to us and you ask us to be good stewards you ask us to be good managers of it so help us to do that today It's in Christ's name we pray and ask, amen.